Support the show by donating at themusicbuds.com. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Music Buds podcast. This is episode number 13, and my name is Henry. This week, I'm so happy to be joined by Bridget Battle, the lead singer and guitarist for Tweens, the punk band out of Cincinnati. Bridget, it's so nice to meet you. I love the band, and it just means a lot for you to be taking the time to talk. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's really good to be here. That's my pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) How's life these days? Just kind of constantly readjusting to being home all the time and getting ready to navigate the weird uh, winter, I guess, Mm -hmm. kind of see what happens. I'm kind of back working a little here and there. I'm definitely practicing with my bandmates again, which has been nice. Like we went five months without playing music. I think that's like the longest I've gone since I started this band. So but it's got it's just kind of feeling things out, seeing what I feel comfortable with and what seems safe. And it's also kind of nice to see everybody again. And needed that I feel like I'm I'm just sitting here losing my mind. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm I'm there with you. So I feel that. (laughs) Yeah, at least we're not alone. I think that is what gets me through it is like, okay, yeah, like I'm not the only freaking person who feels this way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I guess I just wanted to kick things off. So how did how did tweens get started? Like, what was that process like for you? I was a teenager. I just like graduated high school and I was booking DIY shows. And I just was so in love with kind of like indie underground music. And I wanted to be a part of it in some way. So I ended up moving into a house to book house shows with my current roommates um, who eventually became my bandmates, uh, Peyton and Jerry. They were already in a punk band called Vacation. Mm. They would practice in the basement and I would go down there and we started messing around with some like old girl group covers and Mm -hmm. we were like, this sounds not like shit. So (laughs) (laughs) that's always nice. (laughs) Just play some shows. So we like started as a cover band. It was just for fun, but it just felt really good and it went really well. So we just kind of ran with it. Nice. Well, <laughs> now one thing I wanted to make sure to touch on because it struck me from the very first time I heard your music is, and it's very inspiring. You have such great confidence in your vocals. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah. And it's, it feels so when you're listening to it, it feels so freeing in that way. And it's so rare that I think that feeling comes across in in a genuine way. It keeps me hooked all the time. Well, that's exactly what I hope for. I guess. (laughs) I mean, I definitely, I'm such an overthinker. I'm a really anxious person, but when I sing into a microphone, especially, you know, if we're performing live, it's such a cathartic thing for me. And I've sang my whole life. I didn't, I may have not picked up a guitar until I was, you know, in my older teens. But I mean, I've always loved to sing, whether it was just like in my car or like (laughs) with my mom growing up. So I definitely feel really, really comfortable just kind of belting things out. And 
I don't know. It's just kind of that one thing, that one constant in my life that I've never really had to overthink so much. And right. I love it. I genuinely do. Yeah. <laughs> Who were some singers or just maybe bands in general that you first connected with? Well, I mean, I have to probably give it to my parents. You know, we always had the radio on. They were definitely music lovers. My mom and I would love to sing like Linda Rothstadt and ELO songs whenever they were on the radio. She would sing in cover bands for fun. So she would have to learn. They would always have her learn like Patsy Cline songs. Oh, yeah. So I've definitely always had a liking for them, but shit, even like, <laughs> like I was always like this, I've always been this like huge Metallica fan and oh, I of course. no one ever reps James Hetfield, but he's actually an incredible singer. And I yeah. think there's a little bit in, in me for sure from yeah. that. Yeah. Anything from just like some of the nineties, Bands that I grew up listening to, like the Cranberries and the Go-Go's, like Balloon Oh, yeah, Harley, sure. Like that. I mean, there's just so many people that I really, I really like. It's kind of hard. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's fair enough. I mean, you did open for the Breeders. Yes, yeah. So, in talking about uh, especially the, the self-titled, uh, the debut album, the guitars, and also along with your vocals, the guitars sound so cool and it's such a unique sound. It's got this like kind of airy, but sh almost sugary feeling yeah. to it. It's just so particular. It definitely was. I think that when I initially started playing, I was just using a DS1, just in a distortion pedal. And I think that a lot of 80s influence seeps in because I have such a love for the chorus pedal. Oh yeah. So kind of like putting those together, they create this really nice combo that I feel like is very quintessentially tweens, but very. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of like mellowing out a little bit here. I added I added an echo pedal a couple years ago. I don't get too that. complicated, but Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making those ballads shine. <laughs> um Speaking on that, one thing that this band does so well, and it's my favorite kind of, or one of my favorite kinds of punk music, is that it feels like a form of controlled chaos. Yeah. Like, it's got this free-flowing nature to it, but for lack of a better word, it never breaks. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely, like, I always, no matter what I do, there's always going to be a melodic element to things. I definitely you know, we'll always still love a hook. I'll love poppy aspects, but you know, I also came like the only other music experience I had before this band was I was in a noise band and I would play, you know, kind of like an oscillator and a bunch of electronics. And I definitely like there, I like for there to be a little bit of space for you to kind of ad lib sometimes, especially live. I mean, it's, especially when you're playing the same songs over and over again, it's always yeah. nice to be able to give yourself space and incorporate new things and just kind of be spontaneous in that regard, but still have the base of, you know, the original pop song, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. The album 
flows like an album, which sounds silly, but like... (laughs) There's thought, there's thought that goes into that for sure. I think there was an order change up a couple times just trying to get that just right um i mean the label definitely wanted be mean to be like in the first couple songs i think i had it like song seven or something <laughs> but they're like okay that's like the one thing we want you to do and i'm like okay, okay i guess yeah the one thing. um but i definitely you know i'm i'm a huge record collector and i love the idea of thinking that someone's going to put my album on and listen to it start to finish so i want it to sound the best it can i definitely think about a listener listening from start to finish but also you know picking out the singles in between so it's all about being strategic i guess when you're listening to music on your own are you more of an album person listener or are you more of a playlist singles person See, it's, I'm a bit of both because I spend most of my time these days with my headphones on kind of on walks or, you know, if I can manage to walk somewhere instead of drive, I've been doing that a lot more lately. I mean, who am I kidding? If there's like a song I love, I'll listen to it like 70 times in a row. So I guess sometimes (laughs) like I have playlists of just songs that I'm like, obsessed with so i'll do things that way but it just depends on the mood that i'm in because especially with how often i listen to music i get i get really sick of things really quickly and i go through periods and you know if there's something that i have in my brain that i need to listen to like something particular or maybe it's nostalgic in a way i'll definitely listen to the full album yeah it just depends on you know where my moody (laughs) self is most yeah i guess that's the same for me i like i can i think some of my favorite bands one of the reasons why is because they still make or they can make true albums yeah absolutely i definitely thought or i was maybe intimidated make going in and making a record for the first time and being like you know what did the beatles go in being like this is gonna be like a concisive, amazing album. Like, I don't know, maybe they did, but it kind of feel like it comes together like that subconsciously. Yeah. It would be cool to think that maybe you could foreshadow laying out, you know, a whole storyline in terms of, uh, of album content, but. (laughs) (laughs) If only. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Right on. If you can do that. Exactly. Yeah. That one day. (laughs) Yeah. Please tell me how. Um, But like, even like, just to be nerdy for a second, like the end of the song stoner into don't wait up like that kind of that seamless transition. It just reminds me of so many of these huge bands from decades ago, their albums are still around. And that's kind of one of the reasons why it's those little details. Well, that one, like, that's the perfect example of just kind of, just being repetitive and playing those songs a bunch of times, like fine tuning the songwriting process by playing live, um, which is, I think the best, the best way to kind of finalize song, like new songs that you're writing. I mean, we would play stoner into don't wait up and we would, we eventually would transition like that as a band really naturally. Mm. So of course we wanted to incorporate that into the studio once um, we were recording that album. So it's like that 
uh, that segue was already happening um, live. So we're like, we definitely want to capture our live essence. And that is, gotcha. that is just something that we know works. So let's put those back to back and let's make sure that those are a pair. Yeah. Yeah. What is touring like for you? Is it something that's just very exciting getting to go on the road and, and play for different groups of people? Like is that, or does it, is it also maybe anxiety inducing in a way? It's both, but it's definitely my favorite part. I would, I mean, I feel like in some ways I just would anxiously put things out, like endure a lot of that behind the scenes process to continue to tour and like hand people like, you know, me physically sell people my record and, you know, people who really like it and are moved by it. And like, I definitely love to perform these songs and it's such an important part for me in an internal sense. It's like a form of therapy really just to kind of lay it all out there and in such a productive way. And I think that there's nothing better in the world than being in a band or a band with your best friends and seeing things. But it can be a lot, you know, we don't get a lot of sleep. It's a small space. (laughs) Yeah. It's a small space. Yeah. You're kind of at each other's throats. A lot of times you kind of have to just learn how to kind of navigate and deal with that. I lose my voice often and that's really stressful. That's really hard to like drive eight hours somewhere and like have people be excited to see you and like you not be able to fully deliver. I really, I would would be losing it. I hate that. Yeah. And yeah, I'll be like a mess. I'm like, no one wants to be around me because I'm like, like, don't save it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't eat very well and because it's hard. It's definitely not a normal way to live but it kind of balances out i think the rewards definitely i think it's worth it yeah yeah Yeah. i love i love to tour the human connection is like cheesy as it sounds like it's you can see the streams on on spotify or or whatever but it's like when you're actually seeing people respond to your music as you're playing or sell them physically as you're just saying a record i think that would just be such a special like here you go That's literally like the greatest thing in the world to me. You know, it's like people will make, people will like book the shows and they'll make green printed posters for the shows and they'll like pick really cool bands will open up. And I just, Mm -hmm. there's just nothing better than that. Just the whole tradition of it and, you know, being able to actually meet people who are just really involved and are just really excited. And that makes me want to keep going because sometimes, you know, other elements <laughs> of the process are really, yeah. <laughs> like sometimes you're just like, why am I doing this? But <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's, Hey, I, I, I get that again. I get that. <laughs> Definitely. Like the, that's, that's it for me is like, you know, meeting somebody who's definitely moved by any songs or whatever. I love that. Now, with that being said, when you're not making music, what are other things like even just in quarantine? What yeah. have you, what have you been enjoying or doing? doing? I feel like I've gotten just like slightly better at like every element of anything because I've had so much like <laughs> right. cooking and I play a lot of games like okay. PlayStation. I've, nice. I play 
a lot of Sims. <laughs> my no, simulated life. Obs- I was uh, like, you're, you're, a few years ago, I was obsessed with Sims. <laughs> I mad respect for that. Yeah, so I've been gaming and um, honestly just kind of like sifting through years of um, kind of collected junk and reorganizing things and and honestly just like hanging outside around a bonfire with my friends and yeah. I'm kind of like I've been keeping it kind of simple I got really really into working out I love it it helps with just kind of my anxiety and yeah. you know, like my daily mood swings and um, so I just kind of like sweat it out all day and then yeah maybe game and then hang out with some friends. That's kind of, it's like, that's it. And I love it. No, that sounds like the life. Honestly. Yeah. I never usually get to do that. I've like, I'll bar, I usually bartend all the time when pre quarantine and like, that's fun too sometimes, but it's just like really, I keep really weird hours and it's just kind of a lot. It's kind of a lot in your body really. Yeah. So it's just kind of nice to like wake up really early and like go to bed before <laughs> midnight. Like I haven't been able to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talking about this year, you did release this great cover. Oh um, yeah. First of all, it's just a great cover, but also yeah. it does have a pretty important kind of motivation behind it. Yeah. I, I remember that. I mean, I've always loved classic rock, I guess. Like we've got 92.5 The Fox here in Cincinnati. And, you know, before I had like a Bluetooth speaker in my 2000 Honda Odyssey, like Mm -hmm. that's always what was on the dial. So I've always took a liking to Bob Seger, but still the same came up on a playlist like a couple months ago. And I just couldn't get out of my head. I mean, I'd heard that song before, but it just hit me in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I also thought that the place or uh, his, um, the octave and stuff that he's in vocally, I was like, I think this would really translate well if I were to cover it. So I was mm-hmm. like, I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. I recently had a friend pass away of leukemia. I'm so sorry. And, oh, it's okay. I mean, it's been, oh, it's just your, it's just been so hard on everybody. And yeah, just kind of felt relentless and there was always something about that song and also kind of a lot of other Bob Seger songs that are really kind of nostalgic and sad in a sense. So like maybe also, maybe that's why it struck a chord, but yeah, you know, these band camp days kept coming through and my old bandmate Jerry has like kind of a practice space where him and our our buddy John Hoffman are uh, recording inside. And he was like, just come through. Like, let's just get some stuff out of our systems. Like, let's what, like think of something that you want to do, whether it be an original or a cover. And I was like, it'd be cool to do this Bob Seger song and then just donate all of the money to the um, leukemia and lymphoma society. And so that's just kind of it. Like we knocked it out like three hours one morning and it was, you know, it was just nice. It was kind of nice. And it was also the first time that I had played music and made music with somebody else. Oh, right. Yeah. So it was just like a huge release and it felt like, you know, it was just the perfect thing in time to just make and package and then put out into the world. So I'm really proud of it. Yeah. 
even though you haven't been really practicing uh, with the band, have you been have you been taking a like a well deserved break, or have you been writing or or anything like that? Yeah, I've definitely been doing both of those things. I mean, it's kind of nice. I mean, it's it's bittersweet, I guess, when the world stops. But with music, I think there's always such a constant pressure to constantly create and crank things out by kind of like an industry, yeah. by business, big business. And I just don't really think that's how art works. It's kind of nice that everybody's kind of taken a step back and like taking better care of themselves and listening to each other more and listening to themselves and reflecting internally. So I've been doing a lot of that, but also because of that space that I've created for myself and then from the rest of the world and, and just like this weird time bubble, that's made me want to write more than ever. So I've definitely been writing and yeah, we're doing uh, like this live uh, live stream with a local news station today. We're like recording, right recording it today. So I'm playing a couple new songs for that. But right yeah, on. it's just kind of nice to like actually take my time and not feel so stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah. me more productive. <laughs> it's weird because like in this, this quarantine, it's like, it's weird because you both stay connected with people like that kind of urge to stay connected, but it also gives you more time to think about things as you're just saying. Absolutely. And yeah, I want to ask you, are, are you just because I do a, a movie podcast as well? Are you much of a, a movie TV show person? I was telling you, oh. I was watching Scooby-Doo, but yeah, I am. I was, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like always watching something. I guess I probably should have added that to my, like my quarantine hobbies. Oh, like, right. Who am I kidding? I've watched like, that's how I spend probably half my day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just started, um, I started picking back up Fargo because it came back. So oh, yes. Fargo's great. <laughs> um, I watched Poltergeist actually for the first time. Oh, yeah. Tonight. Yeah, that's a great movie. Really good. Since it is October, are you a Halloween horror person? Well, to a certain extent. I definitely, <laughs> I'll definitely get scared really easily, but I'll still try. Yeah, so me and my friends actually were trying to assemble our own 31 days of Halloween. Oh, so we nice. all kind of like watch it individually and just kind of like text and talk about it. Maybe nice. get together once a week and watch one of them. So we all kind of like submitted our own picks of what we think should be on the list. And like, I even put like Texas Chainsaw Massacre on that list. And I watched that movie once and it's the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. I, no, I don't I, even want to watch it, but I put it on the list because I felt like it needed to be on there. No, uh, that's so true because I, <laughs> I watched that a few years ago when I was just getting into movies and I was like, it can't be that scary. Oh, like I've, I've seen other horror movies from I, that time, nothing. <laughs> and I've, I, as you just said, I've only watched it once. I, I, I don't know if I can go back to it. It was so terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I think I watched most of it like through my palm. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't like, could not deal, but you know, I balance, I try to balance out a lot of things that I've never seen before. And then maybe things that I, you know, put me out of my comfort zone a little bit, but then I also stick with the classics. Like I love the Adams family and sure. Hocus Pocus and stuff. Like I'm always down to watch that. So yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm in spooky season for sure. Yeah, I, I guess just one 
last thing or one of the last things I want to ask you, are there any punk bands either that you've gotten to know or that you're enjoying these days? Any, any ones that stick out? Like newer stuff? Yeah. Oh, or re- I mean, relative, maybe relatively new, I guess. I've definitely been into Michelle from Japanese Breakfast. She had like a new, she had this new quarantine side project called Bumper. And I've really, really liked that. But I think overall, I've just been terrible at listening to music. I've just been listening to like, <laughs> like Cheryl Crow. <laughs> hey, 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 nothing wrong with that. And like, just, I've been on such a kind of alt country kick too. That's kind of been like yeah. my more recent like songwriting vibe I've been on, like listening yeah. to volumes and stuff. I mean, it just depends on the day. I definitely am also totally open to recommendations. If anybody ever wants to recommend me anything, because I'll just like, like I said, like if there's something that I like, I will run it into the ground. And just with all the time I have on my hands, I'm listening to so much music that sometimes when I put my headphones on for my walks, I don't, I don't know where to start. Like, yeah, I need some, I need some new recommendations for sure. I guess I'm the same way. I, I've made like personal playlists, but at this point, I don't know which one to go with yeah exactly. <laughs> because there's there's so many i think that might be my next quarantine goal is to sit down and just like start reorganizing old playlists and like creating new ones that way i have really specific like tones and vibes to know exactly yeah. what i'm getting myself into like be like this is the party playlist when when all this is up and covid's gone oh it's it's going i'm dj and these are gonna be the hits yeah. we're all gonna dance we're gonna be less than six feet away from each other it's gonna be great yeah and then just like songs where i'm like i'm just really bummed out like these songs make me cry but yeah in a good way i'm similar because i have been i mean i love 80s and 90s punk like I, i'm obsessed with green day is one and yeah. but like bands like the ramones and so many of those in the best way it's like so timeless and it just oh yeah even though I there mean, is really cool music being made it's those songs are still just as fresh oh, yeah. as they always were i mean i'll always take it back to that i mean i always say when we were just doing covers, it started with girl group songs like Shangri-Las and then the Ramones pretty much just sped up, you know, yeah. Shangri-La songs. So like we would do a lot of like late seventies punk covers and that's definitely like one of my favorite eras in music. And then, you know, through the nineties and I feel you, that stuff is timeless and that stuff, I mean, yeah, I'll put on a Ramones song anytime. Like that, that's to me, I never get sick of it. You know, it makes you feel such a certain way. It's got such an energy to it. Yeah, it's definitely very special to me too. Yeah. Well, I uh, I love talking to you. I'm trying to trying to think of any anything else in particular I want to ask you. Anything anything going on with tweens or maybe anything upcoming? And it's okay if not in particular. But I'm just don't want to leave anything hanging. Oh no, not at all. Um, I'm just kind of trying to fine tune just kind of what I feel like would be a full, like another full length, really. I mean, I have so many, so many songs that we're actually going to be either re-demoing or demoing for the first time um, in the next couple months. So we've got that. I think that I'll probably end up releasing one of the newer songs for one of the Bandcamp days. 
um, within the next month or two if they keep doing like kind of like the artist right fee waivers. Yeah, but overall, just kind of putting together the next album, really, and yeah. just taking a step back and like feeling it out and like trying to take all of their opinions out of it and try to figure out what I want that to look like and what yeah. tweens is now in 2020. Yeah, yeah. I can't even believe how long this project's been around and how I've grown up in that time. And yeah, just who it, what it is now, like being almost 28 and being like, all right, cool. Well, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm just ready to share it to the world. I feel so, I feel like I'm just ready to give people who like my music something new. I feel like it's been too long and I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. I look forward to it uh, very much. Yeah. Well, uh, as I've said before, your music ha has really affected me and I, I really connect with it and I have it on all the time. And so I, I just, I really appreciate what you've done. And you. so, yeah. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> um, well, I guess that that's about it. Bridget, I, I just wish you the best. And I hope to at some point see you after all the craziness is oh. done to see you on tour and, and all that. And thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Seriously. I, yeah, I cannot wait. I definitely... And mostly just counting down the days till uh, we can hit the road again and just yeah. play, <laughs> play yeah. out the world. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess that is about it for, uh, for the show. And we really hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>